The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, Thank you for listening today. We are so glad that you have joined us, and uh, thank you so much for liking the Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook, for uh, commenting on our wall, for sharing our posts. It's just great to have you participating, and thank you so much for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community and all of your uh, your spiritual communities, wherever you go, thank you for letting them know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. It's great to be able to broadcast on recovery and spirituality here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. And uh, thank you for letting me know that what is happening here on Spirit of Recovery, the guests that we're bringing, the topics that we're covering, are making a difference in your life, that they are inspiring you and giving you energy and enthusiasm and opening up new ideas and new possibilities for you in recovery and in spiritual growth. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. The guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves and or who work with or write for or teach uh, recovering people um, and work in the area of spirituality and recovery. We are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer, via your smartphone, and we've got lots of archives that you can listen to on demand. Just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery, and you can access just a lot of great programs. I want you to know as well that as if you would like to support Unity Online Radio financially and certainly support Spirit of Recovery and other uh, great programming that's on Unity Online Radio, you can do that easily. You can make a one-time or a recurring financial gift. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and you can, um, can participate in financially supporting this network. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you are a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, perhaps you're in recovery uh, yourself as a family member or friend in that uh, recovery, or maybe you're not, or maybe your friend or loved one is or isn't in their own recovery, whatever. We are glad you're here. We're glad you're listening. You're welcome to ask a question, uh, uh, email it in or call it in, make a comment about the topic of the day um, for my guest. I'm just just glad that you're here, and uh, maybe you're just curious about recovery, what it's all about. Glad you're here. You're very welcome, and welcome to comment and, and ask questions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I am a Unity Minister and also an Addictions Counselor. In addition to that, I'm a person that has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and uh, 
they those relationships have been a catalyst for me and got me engaged in my own recovery as a family member and friend uh, 33 years ago. And it's uh, gotten me on a great path of spiritual development for which I am so grateful. And it keeps me growing and keeps me deepening and keeps me uh, building that conscious contact with my higher power. And I am, again, just so, so grateful for that. And I'm delighted to have the opportunity to share uh, wonderful guests with you on great topics and uh, to hear what's happening for you in your recovery and your spirituality walk. Today, we've got a great program. I say that every week because it's true every week. We always have a great program and great guests. And I, I have to put in a plug for people um, that work in the recovery field and or are recovering people is the generosity is immense. And so I appreciate all my guests and appreciate my guests today for their generosity of spirit in, in being willing um, to share what they're doing and what's happening uh, in their world here on uh, the radio. So our topic today is Yoga and the 12 Steps, Life, Boat, and Launching Pad. And uh, my guest is Nikki Myers. Nikki is the founder of Y12SR, and that stands for Yoga of 12-Step Recovery. Uh, Nikki is uh, an accomplished yoga therapist, a teacher, and a somatic experiencing practitioner, and she's going to be telling us all about what that means. And Nikki is the founder also of City Yoga, that's C-I-T-Y-O-G-A, School of Yoga and Health in Indianapolis. Uh, Nikki is a person in long-term recovery, and from her own personal struggles with addiction, she is quick to tell the world that the 12-step program and yoga saved my life. One is my lifeboat, and the other my launching pad. So Nikki's going to be sharing with us today about um, that work and about what brought her to it, and certainly uh, give information about, um, if you're interested in 12, the yoga of 12-step recovery, how you might locate that and, and so forth. So, Nikki, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thank you, Reverend Anna. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad, so glad that you're here. So, this is fascinating, uh, the yoga of 12-step recovery and uh, although myself, I've never actually participated in a group, I have had the privilege uh, twice uh, in, uh, here right now of people that in the church where I'm ministering, uh, people that are practitioners that have studied with you have uh, are of utilizing um, the church space and uh, for a, y, a yoga of 12-step uh, recovery group. So I have a little bit of uh, contact with it and uh, – and, uh, just uh, think it's fascinating. So would you share with us how this got going? How did you come up with this this idea to found the Yoga of 12-Step Recovery? I love it. I love it. Um, you know, all of this really came out of my own history. It came out of uh, my own experience with uh, addiction and recovery and the path of yoga. So, you know, I, I could spend hours on this one, but I'll make it, I'll make it relatively short. Um, but it, I want to start this out by saying whenever, you know, I'm going to talk to any group, and I don't care if it's uh, a group of esteemed uh, professionals in the world of psychotherapy or, you know, if it were a legislative body or, you know, I don't care what it is. I do everything the same way. And I usually start by saying, hi, my name is Nikki, and I am an addict, an alcoholic, a codependent. I'm the survivor of both childhood and adult sexual trauma. I am um, a love addict. I'm a recovering debtor spender. And I say that, all of that, with the exact same gratitude and grace that I say that you know, I'm a yoga therapist. I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner, a somatic therapist, and we'll, again, talk about what that is. Um, I'm the founder of Y12SR. I'm the founder of a cup of city yoga and other successful businesses. I am um, the mother of two living and one deceased child. I am the grandmother of five. And, you know, I say all that in the same sentence because it all means the same thing. It all means the same to me. 
And that's been a big part of this process of both uh, the 12-step program, which absolutely positively did save my life, and my path of yoga. That What I'm finding more and more is that this is a path of reintegration. It's a path for me to reintegrate all parts of myself. And, you know, those are all those things I said before, addict, alcoholic, codependent, all that stuff. Those are all parts of me. And what I've discovered is that if I exalt one side of myself, you know, I'm the MBA and all that kind of stuff, and then I diminish another side of myself, what happens is that I create a split. I create a split within me. There's actually becomes a war within me. And then, you know, when I have all this disintegration, I have all this, these things that are out of alignment and unintegrated, you know, I set up an environment where it's very painful for me to walk in integrity with myself. And what I've discovered for me is when I do that, then, you know, I look for a solution outside of myself. And for me, that can be drugs and alcohol. It can be any number of things. Going to the mall, it can be, um, you know, grabbing that next cookie, you know. Um, so all of those things are possible. And so this is where the work has really come from, where the Watch of us are work. It's a, it's a path to, for uh, we say what WebSR is about relapse prevention and personal reintegration. And the relapse prevention comes out of my own history. So, you know, um, I found the 12-step program in 1987. And uh, before, prior to that, it was, like we say in program, jails, institutions, and death. And I know all of those. I know all of those things. My addiction mm-hmm. took me into the world of commercial sex worker and, and prostitution. And so, you know, I saw many brilliant and witty and wonderful people around me succumb and still see it, unfortunately, succumb from this disease of addiction. And it was the death of my own soul, the death of my When I walked into the rooms of this 12-step program, I could barely put a sentence together. And what I found there were people who were willing to love me until I could learn to love myself. And so I'm so deeply grateful, deeply, deeply grateful for the, for the rooms of the 12-step program. So I came into the 12-step program in 1987 and, you know, started on this path of recovery and did a lot of, of really, really useful and good things in that path of recovery. I went back to school. I uh, repaired relationships, uh, you know, I, uh, particularly with my children and, uh, and you know, family members and, and all of that. And, you know, just did many, many, many good things. Um, so, very again, long story short, I uh, um, came in the rooms in 1987, stayed clean for eight years. And again, during the course of those years, it really, really became a productive citizen once again. Um, and um, started working for, I was working for a computer software company. And I had gone back to school. This was when I got finished my undergrad degree. Finished my undergrad degree, um, summa cum laude, which means like a straight A in my undergrad degree. And then I went on to graduate school, I did an MBA, finished my MBA Delta Cum Laude, which means I got one B, one B. <laughs> I always say I still have a little resentment with that teacher that gave me. <laughs> still holding uh, a little resentment there, right? Uh, but <laughs> but um, that one B through that whole thing. And uh, so so was working for a software company and doing some things in the world of, of software and all this, very successful, and started um, traveling, doing presentations and all this stuff, doing all this stuff all over the world. And again, very long story short, I end up, I was doing uh, a presentation in Germany, and I had a horrendous trip over there. And, and like I said, I'm making this really short because some other things are behind this as well. And, uh, but... Uh, ended up in Germany after this horrendous trip, was speaking at a conference, uh, 
by the time I got there, the the lunch or dinner or whatever it was had already been served, and I was so hungry. All that was being served at the time was dessert, and that's all they could get out to me right away. And I was so hungry that I went and, and, and ate the dessert, which happened to be orange sherbet served in champagne. Mm. And, I'll, uh, again, the story is I went back to my room, which had this beautiful little mini bar in it, and I drank and ate everything in that little mini bar. It was kind of like the Denzel Washington movie Flight, that scene at the end when he goes in the, into the little mini bar, and by the next thing you know, everything has been, um, uh, everything's gone. Everything's gone. And that's. That was the scene. That was my scene, exactly, mm-hmm. at that point in time. So here I am in Amsterdam. Oh, I'm sorry, here I am in Germany. Well, what happened out of that was I found my way to Amsterdam, right? And, you know, I'm sure your listeners know the deal in Amsterdam. But the real significant part about that for me was that, you know, I've been clean for eight years. I had mm-hmm. been clean for eight years, right? And somehow, you know, they're embedded within. The programming is still there that, you know, I was able to know who to become, how to speak, what to do, where to go to find my drug of choice in a mm-hmm. foreign country, in a mm-hmm. foreign country, right? And that always, every time I tell that the whole thing, it blows my mind. Right? It's like it doesn't go away. The programming was still there. And I immediately dropped back into it in, mm-hmm. in that circumstance. So, um, again, long story short, I find my way back to the, the States. Actually, the truth of that matter is I, I, I really had to be rescued to come to get back to the States. And... Um, uh, and once I was there, I was living in Boston at this point in time, and I found my way back into the room. I found my way back into the 12-step step program. And um, it was then that I reunited with yoga. So I had been introduced to yoga early in, um, in the 70s and really knew, you know, that there was something there, that there really was something there. And um, so I was, but men and sex and drugs and all that kind of stuff diverted me away. But uh, once I got back to Boston, I started practicing again. And it started out with a Bikram practice, which is a hot yoga practice. And then it went to a form of practice called Ashtanga. And I became an Ashtanga yoga practitioner, which is a set series of postures, you know, in a very kind of, of discipline in the best sense of the word kind of structure to it. And I started doing these practices every day, and I started to see a big difference in a lot of things, in, in thinking, in, in feeling, in awareness, in a lot of things. And um, so I made the decision after practicing yoga for a while, This was, it was then that I really got deep into yoga philosophy and started, you know, really looking at some of the ancient texts and started looking at a lot of things relative to, to yoga philosophy as well as the practices. And um, made a decision after studying and doing that for a while that maybe I didn't need the 12-step program anymore, that all I needed was yoga, that it was going to be the silver bullet that changed me and changed my thinking and changed everything else. And so I stopped going to 12-step meetings. And I stopped, you know, participating at all with sponsorship or with any part of a 12-step program. And four years that way I spent, and then I relapsed again. So by this time, I'm like WTF, you know, and I relapsed, mm-hmm. I relapsed, I relapsed hard, right? And I'm okay. like, hold on to that. It's time for our break. Okay. And uh, this is good. This is great. So, uh, listeners, stay with us. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a break. Our guest today is Nikki Myers, the founder of Yoga of 12 Step Recovery. That's Y12SR. 
And our topic is Yoga and the 12 Steps, Lifeboat and Launching Pad. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. If you're just joining us, our topic today is yoga and the 12 steps, lifeboat and launching pad, and my guest is Nikki Myers. Nikki is the founder of Y12SR, which stands for Yoga of 12-Step Recovery. You can learn more about her work at www.y. 12sr.com. That's www.y12sr.com. And you can learn all about, um, what she, the work she does with yoga and the 12 steps. Um, Nikki is a yoga therapist. She's a somatic experiencing practitioner. She's a certified addictions recovery specialist and an arise interventionist clinical intern in the Indianapolis area. Before I get back to my conversation with Nikki, I invite you to join me for a moment in the Serenity Minute, for a moment to relax, to share a constructive idea, to spend a moment in the quiet, uh, becoming aware of your higher power. And so I invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute. Allow yourself to relax, to feel that relaxation as it moves all the way through your body, from the crown of your head all the way through your body temple. And share with me this constructive idea. All the parts of me are acceptable and good. All the parts of me are lovable. I am whole. All the parts of me are acceptable. All the parts of me are lovable. All the parts of me are good. I am whole. Let's take a moment in the quiet. joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that that was an opportunity for you to align with your wholeness and your lovability and that conscious contact with your higher power as you understand it. I'm back to my conversation now with my guest, Nikki Myers, the founder of Yoga of 12-Step Recovery. That's Y12SR. And um Nikki, thank you so much for uh, your generosity and sharing your story and, and how how it all goes because, it wow, recovery is a journey. Be, before the break there, you were talking to us about how um, you had, you were in 12-step recovery, um, you had relapsed, you got back into recovery, you were back in, involved in yoga, letting that be a practice and decided that, okay, yoga's it, I don't need my 12 steps. And then you had a relapse, right? Yes, I so, did. What's next? Yes, I did. All right. What's and, next? So one more thing, though, I want to back up on because right. it's it's related to unity. 
and and it and it, it was a significant part of me getting clean. I attended a unity church here in Indianapolis while um you know in the throes of of my own addiction. I would go regularly, and what happened is uh, the year before I got clean the very first time. I went to Unity Church, and one of the things that they, it was close to Christmas time, and one of the activities that they asked, that the reverend there asked everyone to do, was write a letter to God. And so so this would have been 1986. It would have been December of 1986. And I wrote a letter to God, and in that letter, I was describing how I recognized addiction. I recognized that I was using using substances. I was engaged in behaviors that that really I knew, you know, that I couldn't get out of, that I couldn't find a way in and of myself out of. And I wrote this letter to God, and um, the practice then was the next year, because I'd always considered myself a, um, a spiritual person, always had a, a, a spiritual um, aspect in, in every part of my being. And so what would happen with these letters is the next year, you know, at December, around the same time, you'd get the letter back. It would be, you did a self-addressed stamp envelope, and the letter would be sent back to you. And sure enough, in December of 1987, I got that letter back. And that was really the big driving force later on. As a matter of fact, it was Christmas Eve of 1987. I drove myself to my very first rehab. And it was a direct result of that letter that I had written to myself from my attendance at a Unity Church. So I just want to throw that in there because, you know, I had that memory of that, that was a big, big part of uh, of me getting clean in the first place. So, and I'm Thank really, really, really grateful for that. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. That boy, I'm getting goosebumps from that or God bumps. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a big deal. And we we don't, you know, you know, we all kind of do our own thing, but a lot of times we do that. And that idea came from Earl Fillmore to write a letter to God, and a lot of times we do that at Christmas. So, boy. Thank you. I'm so glad. So glad that worked for you. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A big one. That was a big one. So anyway, back to the back to how this all got started. So I've Uh by the time we set up now, and I've relapsed again. And so you know, and I'm like WTF. I knew that I was smart, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'd gotten all these A's in school and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, through the MBA, I got an MBA, and I'm doing all this great stuff in the world and all this. So I knew I was smart. And But what, you know, we know, we know that this disease is so much, much bigger than intellect, so much mm-hmm. bigger than, than intellect alone. And so, and we know this. I mean, we've seen brilliant people succumb to this disease. The one that always hits me is Philip Seymour Hoffman in his, you know, very public, but yes. he's, he's a brilliant man. And he knew, mm-hmm. he knew, right, and did it anyway. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of my definition of addiction. You know, mm-hmm. I'm involved in this stuff. You know, I know, you know, that it's not working, and I do it anyway. I do it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And so and that kind of makes it simple. Um, to look at it from from my perspective, I'm trying to simplify it for myself or for others. So I have relapsed this the second time, and I just insert this in by the grace of God. It's been 14 years now since that last relapse, mm-hmm. but it was then that I recognized that for me and for an addict like me, that I couldn't keep this this these things in separate boxes. I couldn't keep my recovery in in a different category or box than, than my physical practice, my yoga practice, my uh, my spiritual practice, which I was very involved with, with meditation and all that. I couldn't keep those things separate. 
And it was out of that that this thing we call Y12 SR was born, that, I, you know, that they can't be separate, that they need to be an integrated thing for a sustainable platform for recovery. And, again, I knew that to be true for an addict like me. And that's when this whole thing was born. So it was actually born in um, around 2000, I think it was developed 2003 with inputs from many, many people, but developed in 2003 and our first set of meetings and things like that happened in 2004. And it happened here where I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, we started, by then I had uh, just opened uh, City Yoga, uh, yoga school here in Indianapolis. And um, uh, we're, we were doing these, what we call weekend intensives. They were called the Yoga of 12-step of recovery. And we do them like three or four times a year. And um, it was this integration, we called it for application and understanding, a deep dive into yoga and its relationship with the 12-step program. And uh, after we did it here several times, it, it, the whole idea of this were for people in the recovery community who wanted to know a little more about yoga and the physical practices and, and the philosophy. And for those in yoga who wanted to know more about the 12-step program, that's who this whole thing was developed for. And it just kind of took off. It really did. After we'd done it for a while, people from other areas in the Midwest started coming to the weekend um, uh, intensive. And um, when they did, you know, we're addicts are, are we like more. We're, it's a disease of more, right? They said, okay, well, we want more. Can't you can't just do it three or four times a year? We need more, right? And so, <laughs> what developed out of that uh, were these weekly little group gatherings, and and most of the time these were from people from um, close to Indianapolis or in Indianapolis itself. And we would first have a discussion group, kind of like a um, uh, 12-step meeting. And then directly after that, we'd have a themed, what I call trauma-informed yoga practice. And I'll talk about that in good. a little bit. Yes, Because good. I assert that what sits underneath any addiction is some kind of trauma. You know, mm-hmm. it may not be the big T kind of trauma we talk about, like war or tsunami, but some kind of trauma. And so we have these trauma-informed yoga practices that uh, where it came directly after the meeting. And people seem to get a lot of benefit and a lot of integration. We talk in 12-step programs about addiction being a physical, mental, and spiritual disease. But very often, you know, the physical is addressed at first with detox, but very little else is done at the level of physical. And even the spiritual, I know as you well know, it gets a nice little toe tap in the 12-step mm-hmm. rooms, but there's not a full development either of the spiritual there, mm-hmm. right? So this mm-hmm. idea was, again, the integration of all those things in order to, you know, that we can do that, that, that they're not kept in separate boxes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does this make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, it's wonderful. And, you know, it, it kind of, as you introduced yourself uh, at the beginning of the program today, it's like that's so important, you know, because all of us is is good. And, and obviously we have a tendency, you know, to, to segment ourselves off. But as you said, that just kind of chops us up in pieces. And that's the whole problem with addiction in the first place is you're kind of like, Got everything compartmentalized, right? And exactly. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, exactly. And so what, what happened after that was that um, people started asking, how can we bring this back into our own community? And so we started then what we call the leadership training program. And that was to prepare, you know, really equip yoga teachers to go back into their own home community and offer the same kind of thing that was these meetings that were going on uh, to offer them in their own home community. 
And now, I mean, it's just been this very organic, incredible thing. There are well over 100 meetings going on across the country. That's and, great. And the, last year it went international. There are now meetings in London and in, in Nicaragua and <laughs> in um, Canada and other places across the, the world. So it just started to, you know, kind of organically just take off. And um, I'm just so grateful. I'm just so, so grateful for it. And kind of like you were saying a little bit earlier, it's one of those situations where all addictions are in the room at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there are, you know, and I, at last I heard anyway, there are like 216 different kinds of 12-step programs. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure that that's because the, 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 that it works, right? There's something mm-hmm. underneath there with the structure and all that kind of stuff that really, really works. There's 216 different kinds of 12-step programs. Mm-hmm. And um, in the room that we do in White Clovis are all addictions. I love what you said at the beginning about this being a welcoming place mm-hmm. because it's just like that at White Clovis are. All addictions are welcome in the room. So you'll have AA, NA, OA, SA, DA, you know, I usually mm-hmm. say E-I-E-I-O, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there. And and what we find when we share is that the substance or the process, you know, may be the manifestation, but there's something underneath there. There's a root under underneath there. And so being in the room together in that way and sharing experience, strength, and hope, you know, that way has proven to be a really, really create a really healing place. You know, and then to directly, the theme of why 12 SR is the issues live in our tissues. <laughs> and and the whole idea is directly after we have this discussion, uh, we take it to our mat and work these things that, that get lodged in our bodies. It's one thing to, to deal with it cognitively, but, mm-hmm. you know, if we truly are mind, body, and spirit, then we want to deal across all those levels. We want to release across all those levels. And that's what the yoga practice, exactly what the yoga practice enables us to do. Right. Tell us about what you mean by trauma-informed yoga. It sounds like it's related to what you're saying now. Yeah. That gets to what we were speaking about earlier in the introduction. We talked about somatic experiencing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that whole thing, and, and it's, of course, a study that I became involved with that um, was actually developed by a, a brilliant man, Dr. Peter Levine. And um, he, you know, has many letters after his name. It's a, uh, you could almost put E-I-E-I-O after his name. <laughs> He's a biologist. He's a, um, an MD. He's a psychotherapist on and on and on and on. But his, this work developed out of his study of animals in the wild. And one of the things he discovered is that animals in the wild don't suffer from trauma, even though they're routinely exposed to traumatic events. You know, there, there is no, no polar bear pactal or zebra zoloft, right? There just mm-hmm. isn't. Mm-hmm. Because... Animals in the wild instinctively know how to deal with this. And recognizing that they're mammals, just like we are, which means they have the same nervous system structure. They'll fight, flight, freeze, just like we do, right? So mm-hmm. uh, we forget we're animals, too, sometimes. <laughs> we do. And Hang so- on to that thought. It's time for our break. But we'll be right back and find out some more about what trauma-informed yoga is and about this somatic experiencing. And uh, my guest is Nikki Myers, the founder of Yoga in the Twelve Steps. Our topic is Yoga in the Twelve Steps, lifeboat and launching pad. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wellness expert, Dr. Michelle Robin on Healthy Living. In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life. 
In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. I've got to say my body just embraced the change. Besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly. Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results. You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it, that you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it. Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order wellness on a shoestring today at www.shopunity.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my guest today is Nikki Myers, and she is the founder of Yoga of 12-Step Recovery, and our topic is Yoga and the 12 Steps, Lifeboat and Launching Pad. You can find out more about Nikki's work at www.y12sr.com, and that's the letter Y, the number 1, 2, 12, and sr.com. And on that, you can also find locations for where there might be a meeting uh, a Y12SR meeting near you. And, um, or if, or if you are somebody that's interested in, um, learning, just learning more about whatever, go to that website, www.y12sr.com and you can find out a lot and, and find out how you can connect with resources. So, um, Nikki, before the break here, you were telling us about the work of Peter Levine, who is a, uh, a, a somatic experiencing uh, I, I guess he developed that. I'm not sure. And I know he's got website. It's L-E-V-I-N-E and books and such out. But tell us some more. You were telling us about how he has uh, studied animals and the mammal nervous yeah. system and so forth. So yeah. tell us it more. so interesting. So interesting. And and it's true. You, you, so you discovered the animals in the wild, even though they're routinely exposed to, you know, traumatic events. It's a vicious world out there in the wild. They're routinely exposed to traumatic events. They don't suffer from trauma. And all of this is detailed in, in his book that's called Waking the Tiger. If any of your listeners are interested in that, it's a wonderful, wonderful book on this. And so, um, you know, it, it, you, you see all this film in, in, um, when you do study with him. One of them that I really love is the possum. They show a possum. And the possum's out in the in the woods, you know, kind of doing its little possum thing, whatever possums do in the woods. And what you see is that it rec- starts to recognize and sense that there's a predator in the background. And sure enough, in the distance, you see that there's a wolf, right? And so the possum's sensing this. You can see it goes into its little decision, fight, flight, decision tree. You know, okay, there's a wolf. I probably won't outrun it. I'm probably, you know, I'm not the kind of uh, predator like the ones that I face, so I'm probably not going to fight it. So what it does is freezes. It plays possum, right? You see the wolf in this film come out of the woods, goes over and sniffs it and says, okay, right, this is dead. I'm not interested in dead. And so he goes back out and does whatever wolves do in the woods. But the interesting thing about this whole thing is what the possum does next. And what the possum does is after it senses that the danger is gone, 
before it goes back out into the woods and does whatever it does, it shapes, it moves, mm-hmm. it shapes. Mm-hmm. And you know when it's done, and you see this physical shaking that it does. And you know when it's done, because when it finishes, it takes this big breath. It goes, <sighs> and it's as if it's just releasing everything. And then it goes back out in the woods and does whatever possible too. And mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing to watch. It's like, you know, all the, we're big old electrochemical factors. So all these chemicals that said, oh, my goodness, I'm about to die, that were preparing the system for either fight or flight, the possum knows enough to release it. It knows enough to figure out a way to move those chemicals out. Well, we don't do that, right? Our thing, Mm -hmm. we usually reason it all away. You know, it's like, okay, I feel this way because... Or I'm fine, you know, that's a program term. I'm right, fine, yes. right? Yeah. We know what that's that stands what for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, 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 the nice version is feeling inexpressible, not expressed. There's another mm. version of that that we know, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But we don't release them. Right, we reason in a way with our, our big reasoning mind, and then and and at the same time, what's going on, right, is our those things are still stuck in our system. Those those chemicals, all that stuff, is still stuck in our system, right? And the the issues really do live in our tissue. They really do until we find a way to release them, right? And so, um, uh, and talking about that in terms of trauma. Oftentimes when we talk about trauma, people think big T things. I call that big T trauma, which is wars and tsunamis and accidents and things like that. But we have to remember that the day in the life of a child is very different than the day in the life of an adult, right? And so there are all these kinds of things that we sense as traumatic. You know, and that could include um, uh, things like divorce, death, um, uh, even things like, you think about things as a a drastic change in socioeconomic status. So let's say your family went from uh, a great degree of wealth and then suddenly into poverty or the other way around. You know, and you see this a lot, like with professional athletes or child actors and things like that. You go from virtually no resources to riches, lots of wealth and riches. You know, those are traumatic events. Um, uh, You know, bullying, right, all of those things are traumatic events that we hold in in our system, right? So it's big T trauma. And and so we need we want and need a way to release those things from the way that they're held in our body. Right? Not so much the cognitive work, it's more than talking about it. Right? We need that release in our from our tissues themselves. And so that's kind of what I refer to as a trauma-informed yoga practice, to allow us to do things in the yoga practice to begin to release the issues that are held in our tissue. And, you know, like I said, I assert that, that any addict that was sitting underneath any addiction is, is some level of trauma or ama or core pain or any of those kinds of things. And uh, part of being, uh, being a part of a sustainable platform of recovery means finding a way to, to release those things. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, you know, and um, the, gosh, so many things are, you're, what you're saying is so rich. The, um, uh, some, some, of the, some theory about, uh, you know, what 
what sort of sets the stage for relapse is that, that a person, one way or the other, re-encounters in themselves some unresolved trauma, and that's a trigger. And they may or may not even be conscious of it, but that's a trigger for relapse. Is that related to what, or how you see it or not? Or That's it. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. That's exactly it. And so what we want to do with, with Y12SR is offer people, we call them in the Y12SR languaging, for lack of a better word, the, the intervention, right? Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is allow people to be able to, to use practices when we're in the throes of that kind of triggering, to have an awareness that there's something else to create space. Because what we do, I know definitely what I did, is, you know, when we talk about in programs, the thought would come or the triggering event would come, and I'm off to the races. I'm mm-hmm. off to the races, right? So part of what we want to do with the other practice is insert this little pause between the, you know, whatever that, that triggering thought or, or, you know, whatever it is, just create that little pause where we can bring in an awareness to understand that there's a different choice, that we can do something something differently. And so mm-hmm. we've created all these little interventions, and, and they are, a lot of them, themed and really are what I love to call the embodiment of the phrases that we often hear in 12-step programs. Mm-hmm. For example, in 12-step programs, we often hear the phrase, keep coming back. Right, mm-hmm. so what is it that we are keeping coming back to? We assert that keep coming back is really an embodiment. I can feel it in my body, and my body's always going to tell me first, right? And that's why we make this aware during the relapse prevention pieces, right? What is it I'm keeping coming back to? So we teach that, for example, in um, the yoga posture is known as mountain pose. And the whole idea of mountain pose, or this is one of the places that we teach it, and the whole idea of mountain pose is that is I can bring within my being the qualities of a mountain, that steadfastness, you know, that ability to face whatever's in front of me, you know, that strength that it takes for a mountain. I can physically, at, at the level of embodiment, Feel that in my body, and that's what teaching mountain pose is all about, you know, mm-hmm. and to that, I can always pause to keep coming back. I can keep, mm-hmm. so keeping coming back, you know, this teaches us what we're coming back to, and mm-hmm. again, using that as an embodiment. We have all these little things, most of them themed after the phrases that we oftentimes hear, you know, at a cognitive level. In the 12-step program, we've turned them into embodiment so that I could actually feel, I have that felt sense of them in my body, which helps mm-hmm. me when I'm out in the world, when I'm triggered by something, when, you know, something happens, you know, what am I, how can I keep coming back? So that's the idea. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Now, I'm going to ask you something, and we're getting a little bit near the end of our time, and so this is like a, a huge question, but anyway, I'm going to ask it anyway. Sometimes people have interpreted spirituality as meaning, oh, great, I can get out of my body. I personally don't see it that way, and I'm guessing that you don't see it that way either, that you see a real link between spirituality and being present within your body, following from what you're just saying. Share with us about that. How do you see that, and how is that a part of recovery, this, this idea of embodiment? And you're really right. Thanks, Reverend Anna. What a big question toward the end of the, <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> the end of our time together. Yeah, we, we got a few more minutes. But... <laughs> you are exactly right. You know, and this is a phrase that I heard around 12-step programs you know, for years, that the only way out is in, right? Mm -hmm. The only way, the only way is in, you know, and uh, that's where I am in touch with spirit, you know, right here in, in this being, in the present moment. Much of yoga is really, and, and our spiritual practices, is having us stay present in this moment, that life happens in this moment, right? And to stay present within this moment. 
when I was drinking and using the last place I wanted to be was in my body or in this moment. I was either, you know, in the past or in the future. I never wanted to be present. And I was looking to control. I was looking to control outcomes, how I felt, you know, that I could manipulate things. The whole idea of this and where I know that, you know, from my own personal experience, experience, strength, and hope, is where I find spirit is here, (laughs) is right here. The, The only way I know of, you know, the only way out is in. So that's my thought on it. Thank you so much. That's great. Well, just one last thing that I want to be sure that you share with us today, Nikki, is about the Urban Outreach Project. That's a part of, of the Y12SR Foundation. What's that? It is, and I'm so elated with the work of the Urban Outreach Project. This is um, a all Y12SR classes are by donation, and so... Um, a part of Watch of, of Star is what we call the Watch of Star Foundation. And the big project right now for the Watch of Star Foundation is the Urban Outreach Project. And that's where we send Watch of Star, we call them space holders, because that's what they do. They hold space. Make sure we have safe space for folks. And so they take Watch of Star meetings. And, and practices into underserved, under-resourced um, addiction recovery centers or uh, treatment centers or any of that kind of stuff across the United States. And what we do is we pay the yoga teacher, the foundation pays the yoga teacher to go into those areas. And we do that so it can be sustainable, so it can really be a, a win-win-win. You know, uh, so we pay yoga teachers to go into these um, not-for-profit, underserved and under-resourced areas and bring the program into there. So elated about that work. And we've uh, been doing it now. That's been around a little over uh, 18 months, about 18 months. And um, so we've got Watch Hobbits are going in a variety of places around the United States that normally would not be able to afford to, to pay a yoga teacher to come in. So very, very excited about that work. Great. That's great. Unfortunately, our time is at an end. But, um, Nikki, I want to thank you so much uh, for being my guest today. And mostly thank you so much for your recovery, for doing the deal and for uh, <laughs> founding Yoga 12-Step Recovery and doing this. I, I'm just just oh it just opens my heart you know to see what you're doing and it's a big deal and you know to support people fully and that's what full recovery is about so thank you so much thanks for who you are and for for doing the work and thanks for being my guest today and thanks back to you i really appreciate it you're welcome listeners thank you for being here with us today and just have a wonderful week and know that Every bit of who you are is wonderful and loved, and that all is well. Uh, God bless. I'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, 
What was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.